0: Hello, and welcome to Challenging Your Health Mindset. This podcast is produced and presented by Liberty University's Student Health Center and Wellness Initiatives Department. Hey, welcome back. It's good to have all of you here again, my friends, the podcast listeners, and our special guests today. We're going to be talking today from the dimension of wellness of spiritual wellness and our subject uh, is gathering of Lynchburg pastors to discuss the spiritual needs of college students and I'm grateful to have two men here today who can help us with that discussion. So if you introduce yourselves where you work and how you serve the body
1: and let's get started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my name's Stephen Thomas, and I serve as the group's pastor for young adults at Thomas Road Baptist Church here in Lynchburg. And again, just honored to be a part of this panel today. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I'm Wes Franklin. I'm the executive director of the LU Shepherd Office here at uh, Liberty University, and uh, excited to join Dr. Anderson and Stephen here today and uh, just have a great time having a discussion about spiritual wellness for college students.
0: Well, uh, good, good, good. So got a question for the both of you. What's the best advice you've received in college about
2: spiritual wellness? Wes, let's start with you. Well, I'm a non-college traditional student, Uh um, traditional college student. Uh, So I went in the United States Air Force immediately after. Uh, I graduated from high school and so my college years were spent a little bit differently than a traditional college student. But one of the greatest advices that I ever got uh, as it related to my spiritual life was time in the word and prayer. Uh, my dad was—he um, led me to the Lord. He was my discipler. Uh, had a great example uh, for someone who just—I watched daily spend time in the Word uh, and in prayer. Uh, was I good at that? <laughs> I was not good at that. Yeah. Like I, I really wasn't at at that age. Uh, it, but it was now that I'm a, a little bit more seasoned. Uh, some of the greatest advice that I was ever given. That's good. Yeah. That's good.
1: Thanks for sharing. absolutely i would say um some of the best advice i got just when i came to college was to make sure i'm plugging in to a local church Mm -hmm. when i got here i'd say number one like he said like it is time in the word and it is time in prayer but then again that next thing that we get to do is to plug into a local church so in lynchburg we have a bunch of amazing local churches so when i came in 2012 i actually started going to thomas road got plugged in with a mentor, uh, somebody that just would ask me those questions uh, and push me the way my friends wouldn't push me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things that's spurred me in my faith. And then again, now I even get to serve there uh, and work as a pastor as well. That's so. awesome. That's awesome.
0: It's an observation I want to point out that uh, both of you uh, uh, share in different ways. You called yours a discipler and you called the person who was speaking into your life, uh, more than just friends, yeah. a mentor. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that um, most influenced my spiritual journey, or my spiritual walk, is uh, I read the Bible all the time. I was, I carried it around in my pocket at work mm-hmm. it, it was a cargo pocket i was working for an aviation company a cargo pocket that should have had regulations and uh <laughs> faa <laughs> instructions yeah. in it and i took those out because yeah. yeah. i knew enough for that but i put the word of god in so mm-hmm. any empty moment i was able to pull that out and one day my dad <laughs> my dad saw it he said you're supposed to have the word of God in your heart. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I can't remember it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's easier for me to read than to remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that my mentor taught me. He said, you have to learn the word of God. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're mm-hmm. gonna get it is you gotta emerge yourself into it mm-hmm. and incorporate it in your daily walk. Amen. And so yeah, that's that's what my tidbit would be. Yeah, is yeah. that you gotta yeah, read it. But you got to be mentored, yeah, but you got to implement it every opportunity yeah. you get yeah. for a student who does not come from a Christian home, how would you encourage them to take advantage of their time on Liberty's campus to learn about the faith?
2: yeah um, man i <clears throat> I think about um, you know people that I met in my life at that age that didn't come from a, a traditional you know, Christian home, coming to Liberty, there's there's so many opportunities that's available uh, for them uh, to get involved in. And I think one of the things that, Liberty is is pretty unique at is um, almost immediately having um, a community of people in which they're part of a a community group. Stephen spoke earlier about one of the greatest pieces of advice he'd been given was like getting plugged into good community, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, like the advantage of their time that they have here to to initially have the opportunity to develop strong relationships uh, with people. And so if you come from a non-Christian background, honestly, like it may feel a little bit awkward to you. Mm Uh, if you've never been in an environment where there are people who understand one the love of the father to them and then their love toward one another, sure. it could be like these people might like. like it feels a little weird inside yeah. that they actually care about me sure. uh, in a way that they're they're cared for. Maybe that not that they didn't come from a caring home, but like it's different when it's brothers and sisters in the Lord caring for someone uh, in that way. And so I think initially they're going to find one community. And and two, it may feel a little bit awkward, but I would literally say just press in, man. Like, press in. Yeah. yeah, press in and allow that to, yeah. in, you know, be part of your formation uh, mm-hmm. as a young adult um, moving out in life. Yeah. yeah.
1: So along that same lines, like community groups here at Liberty are um, just the core of what we do. Again, mm-hmm. it's the piece where we get to sit down and we get to have those conversations. So it's like, hey, you don't believe this? You don't even know about this. Guess what? It's a it's a time, it's not like a weird time where you're sitting down and you're being super awkward. Like it's a group of friends that are sitting down together and then the word is what Invigorates their life and gets to be the thing that drives them on so it's like hey You want to see what this is about like sit down with people who are already doing it yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like they're gonna bring you along like what you're gonna see here at Liberty is just like if you're if you're alone And you're by yourself. It's because you are intentionally going there. <laughs> you're like, hiding um, you're hiding other yeah. than that Like people are gonna be dragging you out. They're gonna be inviting you out. They, beach yeah. volleyball. Hey, come to this service Hey, dude, and it's just like you're gonna find friends and again even me, like I found friends here that I would consider my family. Yeah. Um, and it's like people, we were joking the other day, me and my buddy, we said when we're 85, we're going to be sitting on the front porch, <laughs> sipping on our Arnold Palmers, uh, just rocking along, yeah. just telling stories from the good old days. That's, yeah. it. That's it.
0: So why do you think uh, recently there have been many Christ followers who have distanced themselves from the faith? And how can you encourage students to keep in the faith?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, To that, um, one thing that I've just been learning and I've seen over and over again is that giftedness doesn't always mean faithfulness. Um, So when you see people using their gifts and you see people doing these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are surrendered, and like you talked about at the beginning, walking this out in obedience in their own lives. Um, So again, it's the danger of why each and every one of us, we continue to check our lives each day. We come to the Lord and surrender. We come to Him in prayer and confession. Uh, because there's times there's times where I mess up, yeah. Uh, and there's times where I need forgiveness. But then in the same breath, then how do we work to make the word of God the thing that actually dwells inside of us, like you're that's saying? Right. That's the thing coming out. So just because you're amazing at something, and just yeah. because you've had the spotlight in it, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're walking that out. So I think that's why we've seen that, because I think so many people start in the right place, yeah. But then again, temptation—it's a hard thing. And, Wait uh, a minute.
0: Yeah, we're at Liberty University. Yeah and we're authentically walking out our faith and you use that t-word yeah, temptation
1: absolutely is that a thing that is a thing that yeah. is a thing and i think the other thing the bible speaks to it uh, yeah, and it yeah. also speaks uh, to temptation but then it also speaks to like even your desires and uh different teachers and different things that are Come in that don't stand for Christ. So, what's amazing is that Jesus gave us these warnings way back when. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, that's the one thing I've seen when I'm faced with those temptations or I'm faced with those things. It's like God has given us a plan in His Word and And a way of escape. Yeah. 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 But sometimes we're blind to it because we just don't open it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Wes? Yeah. I,
2: um, you know, I I love to be a student of, um, you know, just the um, church movement. particularly in different areas uh, mm-hmm. throughout the United States and, and the world, actually. And so I kind of pay attention as to what's going on. I've, I've been back in the States now since 2012. And just through observation, Keith, like I'm real careful in this. I want you to know my, my words are, are chosen well because I have found myself in a place where I was throwing stones at, at yeah, Christ's yeah. bride. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that at all. But, um, man, like I think the preaching of God's Word and having people stand in the pulpit to communicate God's word um, with strong uh, doctrinal and theological convictions in their heart, that they're actually feeding their sheep from the Word of God, I've seen that sort of slide. Mm-hmm. And and I think what I what I'm seeing is like um, people still drinking milk, as the as the Word oh, yeah. says, rather than um, you know chewing meat. on meat, mm-hmm. m- moving on. Yeah. And and I think that's one thing. Uh, in addition to that I, I don't think that people really have a have a clear understanding of of what Jesus said when he talked about baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and then teaching, teaching them, them to obey, obey. Yeah. and and that's discipleship and I and I, and I don't have a, a a strong sense now I see pockets of it where it's mm-hmm. really great right right, right. Um, but I think when I engage with students and other adults uh, like myself mm-hmm. uh, in my in my uh, season of of life when I ask them, man, who discipled you, or who who was ever that person who was in your life discipling you? Uh, I don't I don't see that there's a, a healthy understanding of teaching them to obey and and walking out and doing yeah. life with one another, in yeah. uh, strong discipleship. And man, when I don't have someone holding on to me and asking me the hard questions and loving me well, like hard love, yeah. um, I think I think the preaching of the word and the discipleship. Uh, are places like we, we got a lot of room to grow,
1: yeah.
2: uh, and and to see them begin to to walk away from the faith. So, my encouragement to to people would be, um, find you a local church. That's it. Find you a local church that's faithful to preach the word of God and people who want to want to hold hands and lock arms with you, and live out this faith. That's not easy to do, brother. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy to
0: do. I think uh, if I were to draw from my military experience, and you could probably uh, gravitate to this too. Uh, preaching is like giving uh, map coordinates; it gives you the direction, yeah. it gives you the exact location where you should end up. But discipleship and spiritual formation is that mentoring one to one to ensure you get to the final destination. You just can't give people direction and hope they make it to the end, or hope they make it to the destination. You got to be more involved. And I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing now. I'm a defender of the bride. Uh, you know, That's I stand right. up for the church, right? But also examine fruit. Mm-hmm. And I think we have getting more and more complacent and relaxed with the things that really matter. And we just want to appeal to people so that we can do good works because we got enough people who can do the work or help fund the work. And there are generations who are walking away because they don't share that same social value mm. for community anymore. We're dealing with generations now where it's very much me, me, me. What's in it for me? Yeah. How does this relate to me?
1: Yeah.
0: How do I feel about what's going on around what, me? To so they're not joining the cause of Christ and willing to persevere or endure for the success of the body of Christ. I don't want to dominate our discussion, but but this is why it's so important for our students to identify uh, their own love and their passion for the Lord, but also being discipled and lock arms with somebody who's going to teach them how to walk to the end, how to get across the finish line. Yeah. And I think that's why we're here today talking about uh, our spiritual wellness and, you know, with seasoned men and pastors who deal with this po- population about how to gather with Lynchburg churches. What practical steps can you give to the students who need a starting point on reading the Word of God and spending time in prayer? Mm-hmm. You know, you said that was important to you. Wes, what about you?
2: Yeah, you know, <clears throat> um, I think sometimes habits are, are developed intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. Mm-hmm. We, we can develop both good habits and bad habits. Um, habits have also the same uh, connotations of the word of, of a discipline um, mm-hmm. behind it. If, um, if, I want to, um, if I want to weigh 235 pounds and I want to go to the gym and work out and get cut every day, I can't watch YouTube videos about everybody else doing it. i got to get up in the gym, right? Like I'm right, never going right, to look right, like right, that. Right, right. Um, and until you see um, that movement to actually get into the gym and begin to work out mm-hmm. and begin to see yourself grow uh, mm-hmm. in those kinds of ways, uh, you're never gonna you're never gonna you know move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the same same way spiritually, um, and so. Uh, one, you have to begin to be intentionally about developing the discipline first. Mm-hmm. It may be simply as like finding whatever spot, like some people talk about in the morning time is, is the best. Time. That's my, that's my time. Like I love yeah, the mornings, yeah. but it's not for my wife. Yeah. My wife is, is more of a later in the day. And it may be become just an initial step of like finding myself in that time and asking the question, what am I going to do with the next mm-hmm. 15, 20, 30 minutes, hour in my life? And I think what oftentimes happens is people see others who are disciplined in that and they hear them talk about, man, I have spent an hour in the Word this morning and, and they've never developed that discipline. They're like, that sounds like a that. long time, you know, right, like right. I can't do that. And, and so I would just say if, it, if it's as simple as finding yourself in that time frame with, with intentionally having the Bible in your lap and, and being in that moment, you'll yeah. eventually like every day develop that discipline. To where you desire to to be in God's word and to begin reading, man. Like I remember the first time someone asked me, "How long does it take you to get quiet in the mornings?" Mm. Um, and I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, "I honestly don't know because I can. It can be silent, but that's yeah. different than being quiet in that's my right. head."
1: Yeah.
2: And um, so I I I did it. Like it would take me 32 minutes mm. to actually be quiet to where I could really pay attention and listen and hear from the Lord in that. That's good. Um, and I, and you know what I did? I, I kept a pen and piece of paper beside me. And every time a thought would come in my head, because that's what happens. A thought comes into our head, and we begin to ramble (laughs) on that thought. And then we totally lose the point of, like, why I took this time to spend here, right? (laughs) And I'm totally distracted. And so I would write down the things that I needed to remember, and it was just like it was coming off my brain, coming off my brain, Mm -hmm. coming off my brain, until I disciplined myself. Uh, You know, now I'm about eight minutes or ten minutes or something like that. I still keep that pen and piece of paper, but it's that intentionality of finding that time and moving into creating that discipline uh, Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. So, Stephen, um,
0: before I let you answer that, I want to move to the next question. Yeah. All right. So Jesus had disciples who were close to him, but he also had his closer friends from that group, uh, Peter, James, and John. How can students recognize and find their Peter, James, and John?
1: Yeah. Um, so, again, like I said, when you come here, there is a lot of people but then it's finding those people who are on the same mission that God's called you to. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, my best friend, he was a pastoral leadership major, and I was studying uh, in the business school here at the time. Okay. But then we ran into each other uh, at uh, one of the convocations here, uh, and then we just got to talking one day, and then we saw that like, the things that God had called us to do and the things that we wanted to do with our lives were very similar. So again, there's just a kindred spirit that just started right there. And then as the relationship developed, then we found out, hey, we like this sport, hey, this, everything else. But again, like it started with that foundation on this is what we want to do with our lives. This is what God's called us to do. And this is how we're trying to walk this out. So I think Mm -hmm. when you're going to find those close friends, it's not just the people that you share um, just your interests with, but it's the people that you share like that life calling with. What what is the reason that you came to Liberty University to be equipped? What's the reason that you want to leave this place uh, and use your gifts that God has given you for the kingdom? And when you find people who are on that same mission, who are in that same mindset, I'm telling you, there's, there's literally nothing better.
0: <laughs> there's nothing better, right? So we hear the term accountability, accountability, often on this campus, right? <laughs> uh, but what does that look like to practically and faithfully find and keep friends accountable? Mm-hmm. So Shepherd's Office.
2: Yeah. You deal with this a lot, huh? Yeah, we, we do, um, and I think it's a term that we throw around pretty loosely, um, <laughs> to be honest, on on sure. campus. Um, um, and and I, you know, I'm not talking about a, um, you know, a, a, a jar in the in the dorm room that says, uh, you know, uh, c- add a quarter if you cuss <coughs> right. in, right, in right, this right. jar, right? Like not I'm not talking. No, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, genuine relationships with people that, that I would open my life up and allow you to speak into it to the point to where I know that the motivation of your heart is for the purity of my own heart wow. in, in all things, um, whether that is how I study, um, how I choose in my academics, that I'm, I'm going to be academically rigorous in my mm-hmm. approach because, as a matter of fact, I am here to study. Uh, whether that's what I allow my eyes to see or how I'm engaging in local church or not engaging in local church, how I think about, uh, you know, the opposite sex and in relationship to and and with them, uh, that somebody that that has that kind of uh, access to my life uh, that I'm going to allow in. And so I'll I'll say it in this way. Uh, It's good to have peers Mm -hmm. uh, that can hold you accountable, uh, it's also good to have uh, seasoned people in your life too that 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 are older that it, like they're sitting on a treasure trove sure. of information and experience. Yeah. And if I never tap into that and allow them into my life, yeah, my peers can talk to me uh, at a certain level, um, but the older men and women in our life, uh, like we gotta allow them access because they're gonna give us wisdom and 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 hold us uh, to things that maybe mistakes and even successes they had in their own life that That's they can good. point us to to. To hold yeah. us accountable in our in our walks. Yeah,
0: it's not always a pretty picture in our walks.
2: No, no, most of the time it's not because we're messy, man.
0: We're messy, and yeah. we're, we're in need of a savior. Yeah. And by the way, there was one who died for us. Let's to go to save us, and it was His heart that we be drawn closer to Him and not hide or manage sin. You know, I, oftentimes I talk to my congregation about trying to manage sin. That that's not living holy. Mm-hmm. Managing sin, you know, oh, these are good ones. Mm-hmm. This one, you know, God, I'll take care of that one. That's right. Yeah. You know, um, so that accountability is very important. Yeah. What, When you hear the term accountability, what do you think is
1: uh, so again, I think he broke it down beautifully. I think the thing that happens here on this campus a lot is we start off really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, oh yeah. Here's the time. Here's we're gonna do this. I'm gonna give you this access. I'm gonna do all these things. But then as the semester goes on and as the year goes on, then it's keeps creeping along. But then guess what? If you ask me, like, hey, who are you being accountable to? I can give you that name. Yeah. But then is that what he was describing? What's actually still happening? So I That's think at good. the shepherd office. Uh, at the local churches here in town, what happens is they're giving you every opportunity to succeed. Mm -hmm. They're going to guide you through exactly what God's calling you to do, but at the end of the day, like you have to do it yourself. Um, So that's when we're talking about accountability. I think his definition was right on, and I think it is set forth at a good level here at Liberty, but then I think the thing that we have to do is actually continue to do that, not just the beginning of the semester, not just during... Hey, I was feeling it during this service, and now, hey, we should do this. But like, once you start, like, stay persistent and actually do it. Wow. Yeah. And I and I think too, like, to, to
2: Stephen's point about starting, you know, like, you always start off strong. Oh, yeah. I heard a pastor one time he was preaching, and he said it's easy to start strong, but it's hard to finish strong. Finish right? strong yeah. And as the semester begins to to move out, and, and your academics get a, a little mm-hmm. more stringent, and your social life begins to grow, and the, mm-hmm. your tension mm-hmm. is in uh, all sorts of other places your proneness uh, to the weaker parts begin to, to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. Instead of running in when we need help, we run away because we, we, we feel oh, shame yeah. and we feel guilt yeah, and we start yep, backing yep. out. And, and I want somebody that's gonna run at me, not run away from me because right. they see me making mistakes or being lax or whatever. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, help me be strong.
0: Help me be strong.
2: Yeah.
0: So uh, when our listeners are looking for a local church, how can they find truthful foundations that align with their beliefs? How do they search those out?
1: I think it's first off knowing what your beliefs are. Okay. Um, and then in town, I think the Shepherd Office is a great resource. Uh, just asking, like, hey, what are some great local churches that are in the area? Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, there's people from all different backgrounds and everything that come to Liberty University. Sure, uh, They all don't share the same exact uh spiritual journey so again it's just like knowing those things in which you've been raised in but then making sure that those things are founded on the word like we've been talking about this entire time and then is that what you're seeing in the pulpit but not only is that what you're seeing in the pulpit is that what you're seeing uh in their ministries that they're doing within that church in those service opportunities okay they've said this now is this church actually walking this out um the way they said so at thomas road our mission statement is to love God and love people. Mm -hmm. If that's not something that we're doing and that's just something that we're saying, then we've missed the mark. So it's just like we constantly uh, are having meetings to where we're checking in on each other, on the Mm -hmm. staff. Like, Mm -hmm. is this the thing that's still ruling your life? Because Jesus is the most important thing in your life. That's good. So if Jesus is the most important thing in that church and it drives everything there, then again, that's how you know you found a local church that God wants you to be at. That's good. Yeah.
2: I, I like that Stephen said, you got to first know, know what you believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beautiful thing for uh, people who end up going to a university, for us it's Liberty University <clears throat> coming here. Uh, people come from many different backgrounds, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of maybe ethnicity but also faiths, yeah. right? And, and you come to a place to where you, you've been in your early formation years, uh, been formed in a certain way to say these are valuable to us as a family or these are not valuable. And then you be you come into a place yeah. like, do I value that or do right. I actually not? Right, right. right. Um, and across Lynchburg, we've got every flavor of denominational f- faith that I would one, one could want or step into. Um, and so, you know, some people don't don't even know. Uh, in, in where they came from, whether they're a non-believer, if they're a non-believer, like they, they, they really don't even know doctrinally, like what should I be looking for? They they should be looking for a faithful friend that's not going to steer them wrong. Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to think about that faithful friend, you right. know. Right. Um, and I think I think in those moments of of discovering when you come here, what I often see uh, this is the second university that I've worked at. That was a Christian university and and a lot of local churches in the community. And, and they just they just go from one church to the next church yeah. to the next church, and they never get connected. And I would say, yeah, man, like if you need to do that your first semester, like it, yeah. it, it sometimes takes a little time yep. to, to find one where the Lord wants you and how you're going to plug in and, and what they believe doctrinally, mm-hmm. theologically uh, about community and how that's going to outwork in the mission. And, and stay. Right. Like stay. Like yeah. let those people of, of that local congregation while you're here for a certain amount of time um, work in that, in that time of growing you in
1: your, in your faith, like don't ever semester change local churches, right? The other thing I would say, uh, just in how to actually find that, like ask your friends. There's people that are older than you. Like Mm -hmm. when you come in, you're not just going to meet just everybody that's your same age. There's going to be sophomores, juniors, seniors, grad students. Hey, where do you go to church? Can I join you on Sunday? Sure. Um, and again, you can get a glimpse of that congregation just by how they're, you're seeing them live out their life on this campus.
0: That's a good one. Uh, uh, examine the fruit, yeah. you know, a yeah. tree of being known by the fruit it bears, right. you know. Um, so I two quick questions and we'll wrap our discussion up, but I could do this all day with you guys. You, you guys have phenomenal perspective and communicate very concisely. Uh, but the first one is, how can we equip our listeners with practical ways of listening to God? Let me give that one to you, Steve. Mm.
1: Uh, I think, again, we've hit on this. It's that quiet time, uh, whatever time it is in the day. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about taking that time to get quiet. The way that I start off is I just pray until I have nothing else to say. <laughs> uh, so, again, when you, we completely emptied ourselves, that's when we're actually able mm-hmm. to listen to half the time. Uh, because I think so many times... Even like in a conversation like this, if you're not listening and you're just communicating, then it's just like, are you even in present? present? Right. Are mm-hmm. you even participating in what's going on? So, again, I think it's just first coming to that point of surrender, humility, realizing that we are nothing without Christ. Mm-hmm. It's only because of him. That's good. But then, hey, we get the opportunity to go before the throne. So then go before the throne and then listen to what God's saying. So how do you do that? By opening up the word. By spending time with those mentors and those disciples, by being in a community where we are discussing and living these things out. Um, That's good. But again, when you are when somebody was talking to me earlier, they were saying like when you're dealing with an infant, you have to speak to that infant over and over and over again before it'll ever respond. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're coming here and you don't know what to do, get around people who are speaking into you. Get around things that are, you're getting to put into yourself mm-hmm. and eventually through that listening you'll understand how to respond to God as well. That's good. Yeah, that's
2: good. Anything to add? Yeah, this is a big topic, man. Yes. Like and it's Huge. a it's a it's a big question. Um, um and the way that the question is asked, um, um, in my own experiences in, in just my, my Christian journey and my faith is um uh Not everybody knows that they can hear from the Lord. Yeah. They don't. Uh, If it's true uh, what Jesus said in in John chapter 10, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice, obviously he's trying to say something to us, primarily through his inspired, inerrant, infallible spoken word to us, right? Like it's been authored. Like he is speaking through his word. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to be paying attention. But, but the Lord in his spirit on spirit does have something to say to us, yeah. man. He does. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize because I had my, in my own experiences, I've had a, a, like a good relationship in that hearing part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't know that that was, that was a, really a thing that people would say, like, I don't know that I can hear, hear from the Lord. Um, but I would just say, like in, in the in the equip inside, what Stephen talked about is really getting quiet before the Lord, and even having people to teach you how to do that. That's right. What's wrong is we <clears throat> we think that that we have to have it all figured out, and we don't. Like we're on a, all of us are on a on a spiritual journey. That's right. And and sometimes we're growing, sometimes we're not, sometimes we're plateauing, and and we really just need people to help equip us, and, but we refuse to ask for that help. Uh, growing up, I, I loved playing baseball, and I was a second baseman. And uh, I want to be the best second baseman I could be, right? Yeah. But I really wasn't good at, at snagging grounders, man. When I was like 12 <laughs> years old, my body was changing. I was, I was yeah, getting a little clumsy, right? A little awkward. Yeah, and and I had to call my friend's dad, who had been a professional baseball player, and I was like, "Bro, can you come? Can you come help me?" You know, I reached out because I wanted to get better. I think in the Christian journey, sometimes we don't ask for that mm. that help uh, because we, we you know we want to look yeah. like we have it figured out. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. So I would say, ask people who who do have that.
0: That's good. You know, life is like a vapor. So quick. It's quick. It's here one moment, then it's gone the next. But eternity is a long time. And so I think if we majored more on eternity and less on this life, we we wouldn't put so much pressure on having it all together on this side of heaven. And we would focus and build habits that mm-hmm. leads to discipline, and allow grace to cover the parts that we don't get, you know. And um, maybe, maybe that's spiritual formation that we're kind of weak on in sharing with people. Um, and be be careful of assimilating to culture. Mm-hmm. Pursue a relationship with Jesus. That would be my advice. What would be your advice to our listeners today? Yeah. Final comment.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm going to go back to um, being in the Word of God uh, and and community, working working out your understanding um, of the Word of God uh, with brothers and sisters um, who are who are going to work that out uh, with you. Um, and I and I don't say that lightly because a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, it's just like the easy thing to say, man." Like do you realize that there are still people groups in this world yeah. that's never even heard about Jesus? That's it. And you say you follow him and yet you don't even read his word. Right? Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? Like, that's hard. How are you going to understand the mission of God when you don't even know God mm. because you won't spend time in his word? So that'd be that'd be mine, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. Get in the word.
1: Go for it. Uh, I think mine, it's what my dad has taught me from a very young age, uh, in order to understand the things that we don't, we must first obey the things that we do. That's good. Um, so going back to what he's saying in the Word, but then hey, when you start seeing it, <laughs> live this out. Uh, Cause listen, just imagine <laughs> how crazy it would be. Uh, is when some when we pick up the Bible, if everything we read in it we believed and we actually lived out, um, our lives would be a lot less messy. Water walkers. Uh, yeah, man. And we would get <laughs> to uh, again just submit and see the power of God just in our lives. So again. You don't understand it all yet, cool. What is that thing today that you do understand that God's given you? Now walk that out. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, listen, man, thank you guys for being here today. Um, I hope our listeners uh, grab hold to at least 80% of what you said and then go back and listen to it again and grab the other 20 because what you said were pearls of wisdom and it'll help our campus, but more importantly, it'll help them to live a healthy
2: life. Well, thank you, Dr. God, God bless you. Yeah, it's been a great host,